Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. Now, we've had a little delay in proceedings. We are here uh, with a few weeks oh, ages. of not recording. It feels like ages again. Um, but that's life. That's life. That's life. It is life. When you're, when you're busy yeah, and yeah. mindful. I know. Well, exactly. When, when you've when you got a proper job like Liam, yeah. um, you know, time's time. But when, yeah, I can't. I'm, Kelly's needed his uh, board bags carrying. <laughs> so I can't say no to the goat. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're the world's number one, well, probably world's number 13, actually, um, surf coach, then yeah, you are, it's quite a full-time occupation, isn't it? It is. Um, but hey. Hey ho. We're back. We're Again. back. And we'll and, keep coming back. And we'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep coming back. And there's been bits of waves. There's bits of bits of golf. Um, there's been exercise things happening. Loads of stuff happening. So you, you've definitely trimmed down. Yes. No doubt. Um, what do you think that is? Is that the... Well... You were saying it's bread. I think that's one of the major things. And for regular listeners, you, you I haven't cut out beer, which is, for me, a, a good thing. Um because it's still a lovely thing. So I've, I'm braving the beer still. But bread and unnecessary carbs, I've just mm. reduced completely. And I've dialed up things like eggs, meat, protein, sort of good whole foods, really. I'm on a bit of a jerf mission. Um, and as we've talked about for a long time, you know, I cut out a lot of things that were just sort of hyper, not that I ate a lot of hyper processed food, but anything that looks like it isn't completely whole food, I'm just not eating really at the moment. Mm. Give or take the odd time when you can't avoid it. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of working. And then I'm back training quite heavily on the beach in terms of swims and board paddles, not surfing, but sort of uh, rescue board paddles and um, even did a little bit of running, which I'm averse to most of the time. So yeah. I'm sort of dialed up that alongside kettlebell workouts, which I think have been the best investment I've ever made is getting a few kettlebells in there. Um, and yeah, it seems to be working. Got a long way to go before I catch up the other aging surfer, Kelly Slater. <laughs> but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. My God, he keeps good care of himself, yeah. doesn't he? Jesus. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting with, with all these things because you've got to, in some way, think of tomorrow to, in order to get that workout going. Like motivation-wise, certainly as you get older, you you think, geez, you know, in a year's time, in five years' time, in 10 years, do I want to still be doing what I love and of course you do and it's that flow experience mm -hmm. you know we were discussing before the show today um flow experience and that's my been my journey uh well it's been all of our journeys when we're as surfers as to why we want to surf apart from other benefits as well like friendship and you know being out in nature and exercise and all these things but really it's we we're after that 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 mental release that comes from not thinking yeah um thinking thoughts we know is <laughs> a challenging Apparently we have 66,000 a day and they're not all positive. So um, having a time free from thoughts completely uh, is a wonderful release. So this is our appeal. This is, this is what we love about surfing, or at least most of us. Well, um, I, I say again, and, and I think this is something that's come up time and time again for me personally even, is that in the hyper-connected world in which we live in, the ocean is a place where you can't thank god yet although some people take their apple iWatch or whatever other brands they have is that no one can get hold of you so it forces you you know as jerry lopez used to say it's a backdoor into mindfulness it's also gives you the cheat code to escape the tech sort of i don't know intrusion that we face every day and even if you have committed to a mindful existence away from distractions like that 
it's hard because you know that the algorithms and the technology and the stuff that kind of interrupts you on a daily basis is almost hard to get away from. But once you go and have a three or four hour surf, you're away from it. So part of me wonders how much of that is the reason that at the moment in this interconnected world or this, these kind of constant interruptions that we face as humans is that people get the benefit of being able to mm. totally switch off. Because even the woodland walkers and the cyclists and all of the people who have the other way of accessing flow state take some sort of device with them and probably check it more that if they admit to themselves uh, truthfully more than they should or could be doing dude absolutely they do and my insight on that is that because i've played golf a lot recently i've been getting into it um and want to explore the flow experience i can get from having challenge and it is bloody challenging as a sport and i'm a real beginner um i'm getting little bits of growth and change and it's a buzz it's a buzz 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 but like all sports that are going to give you flow well if it's going to give you flow it's got to be challenging it's going to be challenging (laughs) you're going to have some lows yeah you're going to have some hard times too and that's going to happen in your surfing life or whatever sport you do but what happens is really amazing when you have flow experience when your mind is totally in the zone when you're doing what you're doing and you're just surfing or, or whatever it is you're up to because i think what it does is it because it puts you so in that frontal cortex, that bit of the brain that we need to really engineer and 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 develop, uh, and yet they've they've done studies and, and looked at the brains of people who meditate uh, daily uh, as a practice for you know one or two hours a day, and they looked at their brains, and over years and years and years and years and years of doing it, meditation that is, the the brain actually changes shape, so you actually grow bits of the brain that are involved in things like focus, calm, ease relaxation etc now when you develop that bit of your brain and you receive a message some in 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 some way it's this thing where you sort of there's a because there's a calmness there you don't need to go go straight away to it yeah there's not an urgency unless you're expecting something to be urgent which is different Mm -hmm. expecting an urgent call okay that's a very different situation but we do go to our phones more than we need to we know that we all do and listen we're all being humble here like I, i do it more than I need to, 100% I do. However, when I have uh, meditated, worked out, surfed, played golf, or something that's really good for my mind, and body obviously, has to be both linked together, obviously, I don't feel that same strange, unconscious uh, tick, urgency to just check my phone, keep checking, keep checking. It just doesn't, it's sort of, uh, I I just leave it, leave it alone, and I know that I'm not going to forget that, forget this. Because part of my reason, go back to the phone all the time, is I'm going to, oh, I'm going to forget to message that person back. But it's it all does feel so different once you've done something like that. Do you know what I mean? Do you well, have that? Well, it's a bit like this kind of philosophy that you have to motivate, well, I do, to motivate myself to say, I never feel bad after I've committed to doing some sort of exercise. So whatever that might be, even if it's just 10 press-ups in between a phone call or chin-ups when I walk past the chin-up bar whatever it is or more more effectively go for a swim or go for a paddle or go for a surf or whatever and I dare challenge anyone to say that they feel better if they've spent hours in their phone than if they'd have left it somewhere and not had that access to that so the times when 
there's a forced absence from that technology and that's why I get on my one of my soapboxes to say it is an asymmetrical battle with this technology because it knows you almost better than you know well, it knows your weaknesses better than you know than you know them yourself or it, or it can rather exploit those weaknesses more than you can uh, put your shields up against it so if you do manage to leave it behind you always feel better for it mm. once you've got over that anxiety because what it is well, as you're saying, and this is kind of important when we're thinking about mindfulness and balance in life, and that's kind of the philosophy of the, the show as well, isn't it? Is that it, it keeps you, and almost technology from that perspective, keeps you in a heightened sense of uh, panic or alertness or anxiety, either from a fear of missing out or that other people are you're comparing yourself to other people and they're in better life than you. They're mm. surfing better than you. They're mm. surfing better waves than you, if you relate it to this context. So all of those things merge together to keep you in a, a kind of, almost a, a kind of chronic stress position. And we know what chronic stress does. It inflames your body and, your, and actually you know, clouds your thoughts. You're in you're in a sort of t t kind of form of addiction, mm. so you know I might be a bit strong to start calling it some sort of spiritual war between uh, your kind of your human mind and your time in the ocean and the kind of machine mind that's in you know almost kind of trying its best to to dominate, capture, and keep your attention away from the things that would do your body, mind, and soul far far better and f do far more holistic things for you. So there you go. It, it's so true. There's, there's I'm a calling John Connors from the Terminator movies. <laughs> We're rebelling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rise of the machine. Rise, rise of the machine. Well, did you see that this week? Some guy from Google said, oh, I think they started thinking for itself, the AI, and they fired him. <laughs> it started to talk to me like it's sort of sentient. Oh, now that's dude. rise of the machines, right? Yikes. Yeah, well, it, well geez, geez. Let's, let's be careful what we keep imagining because yeah. it might well happen. But it's that thing where tech does really weird things to our brain but one thing it does do is certainly give us a spike in pleasure what what pleasure is is it's very addictive and so when we're experiencing let's say like a normal day or a stressful day or a day with lots of thoughts we will have thoughts every day we have feelings not all thoughts and feelings are easy um you get a spike in dopamine when you go on your phone so this is partly why it's so addictive it's 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 a it's a little bit of a pleasure spike yeah and that pleasure release it's just that it dulls down, obviously, the more you do it. It's just like anything. And so I can go on Instagram, although I don't very much, but I can go on Instagram or or YouTube's my little pleasure pleasure hit. I can go yeah. and, and I can watch um, someone like Paige Sporanic. I've got to put a big shout out to Paige Sporanic. She's a great golf coach. I don't just watch because she's absolutely stunning. <laughs> I watch because she is genuinely a really good golf coach. Well, my wife's always looking at me like, are you watching this uh, for the golf coach? You know, you I'm like, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But she, um, she's she, she is beautiful. She's very very good at what she does, and I get a real pleasure spike from watching it. But if I get to the second, third, fourth coaching video because I can, mm -hmm. I'm not getting the same hit. So it's like coffee. It's like alcohol. It's like all these things are very 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 similar. What we're gonna do is be very mindful of that, obviously. Um, and rather than banish it, because I think that's obviously where we can go, it's, oh, fuck social media, or fuck this, or fuck that, or fuck coffee, or any of these things, it actually is to find the happy medium. It's like, it's like, it's, it's this case with everything. Wisdom is, where's the middle? As Lao Tzu once said, find the balance in everything you do. Where is the balance in that? And it's to be able to enjoy it, enjoy it lightly, see what you see, congratulate someone on, oh, wow, look at that person, they're holding up their trophy, it's a friend, or look at that relative who's, 
Massively. Scoring Maldivian barrels. Yeah. Um, bless them. Be happy for them. And be happy for people. Because I think what's really interesting with uh, life in general, uh, when it comes to social media, is it's a very good reflection of your own level of happiness. I naturally, I don't know if I was born like this, but I've naturally always been someone who's very happy for other people's happiness and success. But that's even grown as I've gotten older because mm. I just, if my, I've, I've always had this ethos of, well, if I want it for me, how could I not want it for someone else? Because you can't have what you don't already have within, if that makes sense. And so, um, but what social media does, I think for a lot of people, and it's done to me occasionally in very small snippets. In fact, actually it did do much more when I was really trying to be an entrepreneur online. It used to spike me then a bit and trigger me a bit when comparing myself, but only a little bit. But I think it's one of these ones where it's, if I ha have ever been in a vulnerable state, more vulnerable state and seen stuff, because clearly I would have, um, it, it, it triggers that vulnerability. And it's certainly, it's interesting because you then think, well, if there are people who aren't that happy and are experiencing more difficulty and then using social media as a Precisely fix that. to that, it's actually going to be the opposite. And so it's, I think it's a really, it's an upward spiral. I think it probably is a nice thing to do, social media, if you're in a good place. Yeah. If you're not, it can take you further down as well. So it's just being so, so mindful of your own journey. In that I think way. it's the spectrum of, well, of what you're watching, isn't it? So there's a social media where people are giving their opinions. And as we've said lots of times before, opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's got one. And often the louder and bigger the opinion the bigger and louder the arsehole so we know that bit's for sure um but then, then you're into the realms of entertainment stuff like youtube where you actually watch you're engaging in uh, artistic content if it's done right so there's the there's the i think you know almost completely wasteful commenting on and arguing with other people that you don't know online is what seems to me to be a lot of what social media is uh, in that realm. But then you have like artistic creators who come and make things for things like YouTube. And I think there's a real, you know, strength in that if you're watching the right thing. Um, and, and like you are addicted to uh, uh, Paige playing golf, which I'll have to check out if I take up that sport. Um, I'm obsessed with the boys on Bondi and the Bondi lifeguards with Bondi Rescue because it's flipping brilliant. It's such a good show. You love uh, Bondi Rescue. I love you a bit of Harry's and uh, I was retired now, Kerbox and all those guys there. They keep me very, very well entertained. Um, so, you know, you can find things on there. It's just it's another TV channel, but it's you know, knowing when to walk away from it and go and do the thing you're yeah. looking at yourself. And that's, that's where the real, I think, um, good stuff starts to happen. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's interesting. One of these, one of these ones where you see surf footage. Yeah. And you start sort of going, okay, well, why, why, why am I watching surf footage? Because it's, it's an interesting question to just put out there. Um, there's lots of reasons why. Obviously, there's, you could just keep going. The list just keeps going on and on and on. Um, but the number one, probably, again, complete guess, is, is the pleasure of seeing a surfer surf a wave well and seeing how beautiful that looks. Yeah. And when we can take that and enjoy that in surfing and then leave the rest, then we're doing really well with it. I think where it, where it obviously can spill sometimes is obviously, oh, well, I'm not surfing. It's been ages. I'm injured. It's this, it's that, it's whatever. And it can be quite, if you're in a vulnerable place. So I think it's just knowing yourself. But I think also... Um, going back to surf itself, because this is a surf podcast, we have not surfed much. Like I'm on a mini 
drought. Now, this is big for me. For me to say three weeks is a, is a, is a drought. Well, in fact, it hadn't even been three weeks. I surfed last week, but I can't <laughs> count it because it was so small. I surfed at a spot nearby with a really shallow stone bottom. <laughs> it was small. Sketchy. Small and sketchy. I've always said, whenever you're surfing reefs or, or, or stone bottom, it, the, the smaller surf gets, the, the more yeah. sketchy it gets, in, really. Um, but anyway, th- that surf kind of half counts. But um, no, I think I'm on week three. We've had a bit now, of, a, of a drought. And we haven't surfed together for a lot, have we? No. I mean, the shows, because you've been sort of away doing bits and pieces and I've been working and then yeah, uh, I, I, I managed to have one surf last Saturday when yeah, we what got was, a what rare was that one easterly. Like? Great. I did two. I had to go in twice. So make hay, not dude, as make selfish hay. as you, William, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, 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 because so I, was wor- I was working <laughs> on the beach on the Saturday morning doing this coaching and I could see the waves are coming through and I'm like, I hope they stick around because uh, I'm going, I'm I'm here like eight thirty till twelve ish, and uh, did the first session, and then saw there were enough coaches and lifeguards around, and sort of said, "Does anybody do you do, do, does anybody need any more help?" Or and I didn't really wait for the answer. I just went and got the foamy and went Good and work. had a little right. surf for an hour and a half, and then knackered because I'd been on the beach all morning. But and then I could see on the cams it was still pumping. For relatively speaking, for our break and, yeah, and given the pumping's a relative term, given yeah. the drought we've had, so I went back down, even though I was knackered, and did another sort of two and a half hours, I think, and it was a joy because I've yeah, I had some time in Cornwall again when they predicted it was going to be tiny, and it turned out to be pretty decent for me. You know me as the world's premier small wave surfer, <laughs> and uh, and I, but they're they're the two sessions I've had of late in the last sort of what four weeks, and they've been really really satisfying because the gratitude was high for actually getting anything but then to get a reasonable wave at our break because we've had a lot of our local guys are saying this right we have had an unusually long surf drought Mm. relative to what we would normally get in a in a year especially over the winter we seem to have an unusually small day like one of the breaks i haven't surfed at all pretty much for about six months it's been a weird year for us but we Everything comes in ebbs and flows. Surfing itself is a constant wave, you know, ebb, flow. Mm. Waves come, then they drop, then you get sets, yep. and you individual waves themselves. And the cyclical nature of um, everything is that, yeah, you get years where there's a lot less surf. And, you know, they, they, they comment on it more than anywhere, probably for like Hawaii. They kind of yep. call, let's say, 09, the classic <laughs> winner. And, you know, they've got these certain years that they always pick out with... with <laughs> Guaranteed that you weren't there as well when they're telling you about it. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, 09 when you were definitely not here. <laughs> it was the best we, ever. We we had, if you remember, we had uh, in 2019 into 20, that lockdown a year uh, was phenomenal. It was constantly on. And it was so also ha- so happened to be the most crowded that I've ever seen on a local know. break. Um, and so it was a really interesting sort of uh, situation that. But... Um, yeah, it, we we are in a little bit of a flat spell, and it's kind of it's it's an important time, I think, to to really work at everything else and work on strength training, flexibility, nutrition, all these things, but also other forms of flow experience. And for me, golf has been um, a little bit sore on my knee. <laughs> the amount of times I've been hitting balls at the driving range because I get a bit hooked on things. If I get into things, that's it. I I start doing it properly. And yeah, I've been hitting a lot, a lot of golf balls. It would probably. Um, Make me gasp a little bit, a little bit, if I saw how many I've hit in the last six yeah. weeks. But I did a little spell of it, 
late 20s, mid 20s. So a good 10, 12 years ago, I did a little spell of it and then it, it fizzled out because probably like all sports that are worth doing, it was too challenging. And um, the ones that really, you know, challenge us mentally are the ones that we have really got to try and lean into if we can. Yeah. Um, we've obviously also got to weigh up cofactors. Um, you know, what, what is the pull of surfing there for? You know, yes, it's challenging. What is the pull? Well, the pull is that it's often social. You know, you're getting in the sea. It's that complete release of the ocean. That being in there is such an interesting and, and different environment. And it's the novelty of that itself. Um, the feeling of riding a wave. So it's not just flow experience, but it's mm. all those other little cofactors that come yeah, with 100%. it. 100%. Um, and what I love about surfing that's very, very similar to golf is that sports like that are you versus you. You could look over your shoulder and go, well, look at Philip Toledo. Philip. Philip. Is that Philip Toledo? <laughs> hey, it's Philip. You all right, Philip? Philippe. Yeah. Philippe Toledo. If you could look over your shoulder and see him spinning round and round and round like a helicopter <laughs> and then look at yourself, you're okay, well, fair enough. You're going to compare, then, yeah, do you know what? It's just going to make you feel worse. But... Obviously, it's about you versus you. It's it's that journey of how can I um, improve myself? And um, golf has been that. And it's 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 anything like surfing does this thing where you know you, when you're there. It's the same with golf. You you're, you're focusing on something that's difficult, and you're doing it with movement and exercise. And so it's this amazing thing that starts happening. You start slowly slipping into this little vortex of the experience for what it is and, and the value is in it itself and nothing else oh, 100%. and that and that that is in this world of 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 what can i do to get something back yeah. that just seems to be this just everywhere it, it it's com the complete antidote to that and, and and as we know you know there's this you know this whole notion idea that success equals happiness of course it's a complete fallacy because once you've done that spectacular turn oh God, I was I was like you were waiting for that to be the thing that was going to make you happy you took you know month after month after you know grinding grinding really working at your surfing whereas and not actually necessarily enjoying it finally made to do that turn and then you go oh great now now I'm going to reach this new special land of happiness I've made the destination I'm here now like let's say someone gets a barrel they spend their whole surfing life 20 years being unhappy being pissed off not getting the ways they want they finally get barreled at the age of whatever and go wow i've made it and and then get humble yeah and realize that all it was was the constant in the moment bit the bit that was just hand in the water looking at the nose of the board smelling the seaweed looking at the set being focused being in the moment that's all it's that's all that matters well, and that leads to more success. And we discussed this. That's what's really interesting. It's like, you know, Sean Aker uh, talks about that in his book, um, the, the, the Happiness uh, Paradox, which is that, yeah, when you are uh, experiencing more joy in what you're doing, you are more likely to succeed and grow and progress. And, yep. and you're a great testament to that, dude, because your progression as a surfer has been a very fast one. In your later years, too, you know, you are getting on for 74 and <laughs> actually, you know... <laughs> 74-year-old <laughs> surfer. <laughs> but, you know, you are. Your, your, your progression's been good and quick and, and, and in a place where it's not so, so, so easy because we, yeah. we don't 
have great waves. What's great waves? We don't have regular waves really that yep. often. So you've done it in with that in mind as well. It's been interesting that, and, and it's because you have joy from it. Do you get joy from it, it? Well, I think the thing is, um, you, you know, if you enjoy the road, you don't need to worry about where you're going, do you? So you're just always traveling that path, and you go, okay, I don't. I'll visit these destinations along the way but i don't need to be happy when i get there i can keep going you know i'm going to be happier just doing the thing i'm doing and you know actually kelly slater was talking about this in this recent um uh thing he's done with wsl and his his clothing brand about golf interestingly enough and that he used to be very hyper competitive around what other people were doing with golf and certainly is that with his surfing isn't he kelly um and he said you know just the joy is in playing against himself and as we've said all over the time we've been doing this is that it's not about looking at somebody and saying you know i'm unhappy because i'm not as good as that of course you can get inspiration which is why i watch surf surfers surfing i like to see what they're doing and how they do it and find joy in the art form of how they draw those lines on a wave but as long as you're competing against yourself at all times or rather you're improving against yourself so it could be as simple as last week like i say you 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 might see some guy who can do an air off any lip um but you might just be trying to sort of ride the line of a wave down down the line out of the white water on a green face and if you couldn't do that two weeks ago and you can do it now well you, you you're winning and you're in that kind of happy journey of progression because as kind of humans as well this idea that we learn and all of the, the neuroplasticity that allows us to do that in our brains you find joy from that so it's difficult 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 you open the door to the next level once you can get there and you've released some sort of endorphin, I think, don't you? To say, wow, I couldn't do that three weeks ago, and now I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the joy, to your point, Will, about even my surfing is now I'm like in, in my 70s. <laughs> uh, it certainly <laughs> feels like it, getting out of bed some mornings. But it's, it's, it's more about having surfed for such a long time before, you know, I really, in a commas, started surfing and progressing, for whatever reasons, and all, all long mentioned in this show, is, is, is this idea that, there is never a, you know, it's never it's never too late to do the things that you might want to have done, and if you're open to it, and more importantly, if you're honest about where you are at any given time when you want to start that improvement, because there is an element that you can't improve until you're ready to face some of the hard truths that you need to get you through to the next level. Because sometimes, especially blokes, we are guilty of this: is the, your ego when you're a young surfer doesn't want to be told certainly in my generation, that you're not surfing properly. And and not if, and especially if you can't access the tools you need to improve. So you just want the image of being a surfer, you're not going to progress because the image of being a surfer in your head might be that you don't fall off, you don't make mistakes. And everybody, professional or otherwise, makes mistakes in their journey of getting better at something. And actually, going all the way back to this content that's out on things like YouTube, I think it's getting more authentic now where surfers come on Again, just to see the thing that Kelly's doing or the Make or Break series that Apple TV have just done about the WSL. And to see the human side of what these guys are going for is no different to what we're all doing. Ups and downs of life. Sometimes you feel good, sometimes you feel bad. It's all relative. They feel like they're winning. They don't feel like they're winning. They're sad. They're happy. You know, you look at social media uh, of a surfer and it's all you know, blue skies, board shorts and barreling waves, you don't see that they've fallen out with their wife, husband, partner, mum, dad, kids, whatever. You just see the good stuff. Whereas when you open, pull the curtain back and look at some more of this sort of in-depth, nuanced side of what it's like to be a human, never mind a surfer, Mm. 
you start to relate to it more because you go, oh, it isn't just me. And it never is just you as a human that's feeling the ups and downs of life or getting frustrated with your progression of surfing. Everybody's going through that. And as soon as you realize that everybody's going through that, you don't feel so alone. And it enables you to then face up to your own, uh, I I don't even call them failings, but weaknesses. And you can, if you want to, if you're honest with yourself, you can choose to work on them or not. Mm. It's up to you. Mm. But if you choose to work on them and you're committed to the sometimes the pain of starting to learn something new, then I can't see how good things can't be on the other side of that. No, absolutely, dude. And and it's 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 amazing when you think about my surfing progression because in my twenties, um, I absolutely like you just said, yeah, was. Uh, far more in this protective ego that was like no it's going to be this way because um i need to have that many leases of my board i need to be doing it this way and i'm i'm getting better and uh, and I, and actually i was getting i had to be getting better because i'm i'm better today so obviously there was a a progression progression journey going on but it was very, it was quite slow uh, i did enjoy it i got a lot a lot of joy i've always had that i, I even if i was on the wrong board and maybe perhaps approaching it in slightly the wrong way, I was still getting a lot of fun. So I always wanted to go back in and yeah. I always wanted to just be there and doing yeah. it and doing it and doing it and didn't get necessarily frustrated. So joy has always been at the bedrock yeah. and therefore you just keep going because there's going to be so many times where it's freezing cold or it's choppy or it's big or whatever where it's going to challenge that part yeah. of you that knows, knows you want and need to go in. And joy has to sit at the, at the very, very... Um, the basis of that motive for the reason as to why you go out because you will encounter challenges and barriers so you know it's that it is ultimately is that ego challenge where if you then are going to encounter challenges which are going to make you perhaps look silly yeah or perhaps show up your vulnerabilities you 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 certainly have to go through an ego's journey where you go oh i wasn't so aware of that side of my ego as, as, as much as i am now and now that i am i can either uh, you know, do something genuinely about it. Like, for example, you know, um, uh, go out if it's freezing cold because someone might hate the, co- the cold, for example, and go out and, and do that and confront that. Or be able to go, no, no, I don't care that people think I'm silly now because I don't like the cold. I'm just not going to go in because it's both fine. I mean, that's it, me. It, that's me with p- really big pumping surf. Yeah. I know now, you know, where my, not limits from a, a, it's more it's more where, where my joy is found yeah exactly and that's so what we're talking about I'm happy to sort of dial it mm. as most people but 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 admitting that to yourself I think is really important as we've we said that very very beginning of this these shows a long time ago that we, you kind of go where am I happiest and it may change but if you can dial that you're not burdened by other people or what, yeah. actually it's not even other people's expectation it's your perception of what those other people might or might not believe which is mm. just Imagine, it's isn't all, it? It's not it's real. It's all, all invented, but it's one of those ones where it's all about the level of challenge. So, you know, for example, using a golf analogy, uh, I had a buddy of mine take me out on a, a very challenging golf course uh, a number of years ago. And yeah, it, it wasn't great. And it's one of those ones where it's because the challenge just suddenly went too, too far. It was yeah. it, it was a nice upper curve, gradually increasing, and then the challenge goes a little bit too high. That can happen very quickly in surfing too, obviously, in yeah. terms of power and size of waves. Um, so you, you, you just, through trial and error, trial and error, you keep piecing together the pieces of the puzzle. And the puzzle is what sort of surf and type of surfing brings me the most joy. 
And in order to get that, you've got to keep trying different boards, different methods, different sizes, different breaks, and, and keep working through that because it's not a, it's not a like bang. Yeah. You're not going to get that straight away. It's, it's, a, it's a journey paved with lots of sort of um, hiccups along the way. Um, but if you stay uh, in that belief system, which has to be, it's a, bit, it's a belief. The belief is I'm going to get joy from this sport. If that sits at the the, the, the basis of your belief system, then you will. Yeah, you're just it's just not gonna you're not just gonna find it perfectly there. That's the key. Stoke isn't just gonna bang every time. It's gonna it's oftentimes gonna smack you in the face. It's always gonna because finding flow there's a bit of pain in on that route to finding where that flow state is. But the one thing that is I think for certain is this kind of idea that the more you, the more joy. This is why surfing gives people joy is that the more energy of goodness and stoke and happiness that you put into any task the more you get back from it and those tasks that we don't like well we're already we're already hitting the task with an energy that is negative and we don't like it and i i do that all the time and that's why I, for some things i find it hard to get motivated because my motivation to do that thing whatever it might be um usually something constructive or useful around the house but is not as high as it would be if somebody said yeah it's three to five foot and sun sunny and we're going to go in mm. and surf and yeah. you, you're already putting good vibes into that situation which invariably you get back yeah you do and it's, it's, and it's the other thing as well with this uh joy versus success thing is that they are inextricably linked yeah we get tremendous i get tremendous joy out of kanging and hitting the whitewash which i'm only doing now in the last two to three or four five years yeah. out of a, out of a 17 year surf journey 15 year 15 17 year so, so I've only just started to kang the foam yeah. really properly and, and hit it well. Um, and there's an immense joy from that bit of success and whatever. But it, it's when it's when it that it's when the, the goals become the entire fixation of what someone's doing and the ambition overrides the journey. And that's yeah. where things become imbalanced. But balance is everything, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to have a bit of ambition to get the journey going, but you've got to really embrace the journey yeah. to get to fulfill that ambition and and being in the moment and being mindful and all that doesn't mean you can't have ambition to go somewhere no, else doesn't no, mean no. you just deny the future but it, it it means that you you don't allow the present to be unhappy because mm. you're trying to get somewhere else and That's the it. fixation isn't that only end point it's also on the time you're spending to maybe get there That's and making sure you get the best out of that situation as well um, kanging foam. Whoa, I'd Kang like to go at that. the foam. I saw, actually. I have to stick... It's taken me the, 15 years. Well, I watched something the <laughs> other day on YouTube or something about this. And um, it's one of... It's another Aussie surf coach talking about the way that if you follow the eyes of a pro when they go back to the foam, they, they just keep their eyes on it longer than you would. And they, they're not frightened of it and they'll hit it and then they'll come back around and turn Correct. turn their vision. And I think thinking about it, again, being honest, you, you think back to so many surfs and go, yeah, I'm not really looking at it for long enough. When, when I come back to the foam on a certainly a bigger day, if the lip then suddenly starts projecting, not just crumbling, <laughs> as you're going to hit it, it's scary. Yeah. Because you're going to release your tail above the lip and then you, where are you going to go after that? I mean, that's the thing. So it's a bit like landing big floaters. And, and, and I'm getting a little bit more confident with those as time's gone on. Certainly leg training's helped. But landing big floaters, if you really go for a big float, if you go for it, particularly backside, whoo, takes real courage. But I think it's one of those ones where, you know, l let's keep embracing those challenges we get. Because if it, geez, if it wasn't, if, if, if it was easy, 
we probably wouldn't want to do it. If it, it were easy, just... everybody would be doing it. <laughs> exactly. Mate, everybody would be doing it if it was easy. <laughs> oh, Dude, what an intro. What an, what an intro. intro. Good to be Lovely back. Longer ones. Good to be back. Well, we just don't... Um, we are, uh, again, like we say, we're recording this. Uh, we, we, we are aiming to get one set, one every couple of weeks, but we're, we're realists in life, aren't we? Life gets in the way. And we're all... We're, we're all busy. You, you, you listeners out there as well, and all the people that write very nice things to us usually say the same. So um, yeah, but it's nice to be back chatting in the sunshine. It's good. It's in the sun. It's actually nice. I've got this little chill. I've, I've been out in the sun a lot today already. But I've got well, now you're nice... a pro golfer. That's what no, you do. That's it. That's what I do. That's just what I do. I just go and hit golf balls. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends, or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. The more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Sip number two, bit of mindfulness, the mindful surfer. So just um, engage in your breath. So take a deep breath in. And then breathe out slowly. And then breathe in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. Take another breath in through your nose. Really see what you can see. It's so obvious mindfulness, but how often do we are we looking at something while we're actually thinking of something else? But just look at what you can see. And then take one more deep breath in. Again, just see what you can see. And breathe out slowly. Very nice. Um, Signal number three, mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. Now, uh, for myself, um, bit nutrition. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. It was nutrition. I can't remember. Um, carb cycling. Now, we discussed this before, you know, we, we're always chatting about uh, the effects of food on your surfing because it affects your body uh, and your mind. Um, I love carbs. And I think that's a pretty universal one. Uh, it might not be. Um, if Maybe if you're an Inuit uh, who, who live exclusively on seal, seal blubber and things like penguin. They do really do. You probably not. Is it Inuit or am I yeah, thinking of? Yeah, that's um, true. And they there's a there's a, there, I, I I I know a little bit about this, but not not to start quoting studies. But there is a sort of longevity study there in in those yes. diets because there was an expectation that they wouldn't live as long, right? Because of the diet diet didn't seem to meet the needs of the other places in the world where people have longevity. Is it? And it's a bit of a myth, but we'll maybe come back to that. Um, on that, in fact, check out Paul Saladino. If you want to listen to a guy who knows his stuff about, uh, you know, what uh, protein can do in terms of nutrition for us and fat, uh, he's worth checking out. But he's, um, he's Marmite, though, Paul, isn't he? He is Marmite. Some Just people love him, be, some people hate him. Be, be warned, yeah, he's Marmite. But um, no, it's it, it's carb cycling. So so I love carbs, um, but was noticing that I wasn't in the body fat levels I wanted to be in. I think my knee felt a little bit grumbly. This is a while back now. About three weeks ago, I started sort of really dialing this in. But I, I had watched a video by a doctor 
whose name is, I think, David Eckberg. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll leave in the show notes if you want. Um, and he had a video on something called glycation. Now, glycation is the process by which our red blood cells become sticky. Uh-huh. It's worth just Googling, have a little read on glycation. And that's fine. That's what carbs do. Uh, the glucose molecule has to attach itself to to something in order to make its way through the body. Um, it just so happens that if you do it too much and spike it too often, it can get really sticky and it can coagulate in certain areas, oh, which right. is what inflammation yeah. actually is in in some ways. Certainly with someone with arthritic symptoms, because you're getting a, 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 a basically essentially a, a lack of blood flow. You need that flow to that blood to flow rather than coagulate and, and collect in a certain area. So simply put, if you want to do some research um, on on adjusting carbohydrate intake for uh, joints and joint health, it has a profound effect. And certainly we know that things like omega-3 can have an effect too. Things like turmeric can. Uh, obviously rest <laughs> from the sport that you do can as well. All the obvious ones as well. Stretching, strength training, etc. Certain supplements and things. But carbs do play a really fascinating role in inflammation. So it's worth really doing some reading uh, yourself. Trust, again, what we all say, me, myself and Liam, we're all saying, look, use your gut, your mind and your heart to kind of access, you know, is this the right information for me, you know, when you're reading something. But yeah, I, I, would that, I, then wanted, I didn't want to go straight back to keto, as in ketogenic diet, um, which is a, a much, what we call a low-carb, high-fat diet. Um, I wanted to sort of mix it where I did a bit of carb cycling. So it's, it's day one, is a normal day yep. where I'd, I'd, I'd eat a, a low-carb lunch. So my classic lunch, I, I fast all morning, I, and my classic lunch is at about 2.30 p.m. I'd have some eggs um, and some veggies, that's it, just a little bit of green veg. And then uh, dinner is my carb meal, where I have some rice, have some salmon, have some veggies, have a little bit of uh, some berries for dessert or something. And that's a classic day for me. Then day two is you do the exact same day except drop out the rice and increase the fat. So I'd probably add eggs at dinner. Yeah. Uh, I'd cook it, I'd cook my veggies in more coconut oil, mm-hmm. more olive oil, um, more butter. I might I might do some like low carb pancakes for dessert with some coconut flour and, and some, some extra butter and stuff. But basically just drop carbs mm. almost completely. And what you're doing is you're you're creating a, a, a healthy um carbohydrate in carbohydrate out system because the body does very very well with that it means that when you then consume your carbohydrate you 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 shuttle it to the to the muscles which is where it's really supposed to go in the liver much more than you do the bloodstream so it's just a really efficient way of using carbs to fuel your your training your surfing all these things i've i've personally found knee is definitely feeling uh, 70 80 percent better since doing it brain has also felt really good weird do you know what i find now and this is what's really interesting i find on my day after my zero carb day i'm a little bit flatter in terms of output and body so my walking's a little slower my surfing's probably a little bit slower like everything's five or ten percent slower but my mood is incredibly stable it just the brain from having had all that fat and no carbs, just feels poof. Like I just feel how I'm supposed to feel. That's the best way I can describe it. Then you start going, well, why would you go back to carbs then? Well, if I'm really honest, it's the it's the it's probably it's the energy I get from it. Yeah. 
for exercise and mm. it's actually it's comfort yeah it's there's something about carbs it's the serotonin release it's that feeling of like oh carbs yeah the calmness from it you get a real um like i'm having my low carb dinner dinner tonight and i'm going to be having surf and turf i'll get some prawns and some steak and i'll get some avocado and i'll just do a load of Good. load of it yeah. but am i looking forward to that meal as much as i would if i had a domino's pizza <laughs> <laughs> no is the answer yeah I've got to be really honest, but then this is the thing with life. You've got to be able to weigh all this shit up. If you, if you, one thing I think is really good, this is a really healthy thought experiment to do. Pretend it's 100,000 years ago. Just pretend. Mm. Like you're going to actually live wild today. And what would you access? And if, it's so hard to do because we know the shop's around the corner. <laughs> We know it's around the corner, but you might go today with no food. It is absolutely possible that today you could go in that without no food. Hundred thousand years ago, you're out with your your like blunt spear, yeah. which is clearly not even making doing any good. You're throwing it at deers, yeah. and deers are just looking at you and just spitting in your face. Like yeah. that isn't even penetrating me anymore. That's how blunt your spear is. You you, you it's it's whatever time of year. There's no yeah. berries around. There's no fruits. You're walking around. And you're just like right. Well, I just won't eat. Yeah. But when you don't eat or when you go low carb or when you, you have the gene profile that hasn't changed. We've only been have access to food like we have now mm. for the last like, I mean. And it hasn't been a universal a success in some, in some ways, has it? No, some not at all. Certainly the hyper-processed stuff is, oh God, no, no, no. is insidious. You know, you, you look, see what you said. I, mean, I don't think you have to be a a kind of total nutritional genius to work out that there are a lot of things that we put in our bodies these days that are probably, probably not that great for you. And certainly if you don't balance them out with other stuff, the, the real food diet. I, I find that. I mean, I've reduced carbs quite a bit. I love carbs, as you have known for a long time. But I can't remember the last time I ate a Doritos chili heat wave or a pop chip. And it is, as much as my mouth waters at the prospect of it now, even talking about it, it's that Pavlovian response that I have to it. All of the MSG or whatever else is in them. Don't sue me, Doritos. Probably don't put that shit in there anymore, but something something equivalent. <laughs> uh, um, I actually prefer the MSG. It was good stuff. <laughs> oh, but, dude, MSG yeah, is amazing. Woo. But um, you kind of go, it's better for, for my system, certainly better for my system. And But to your point there, energy is interesting because I did this. and I, I Even, was it last Saturday, went for a board paddle, after I'd sort of spent, already had an hour in the water uh, doing this coaching. And I thought, I'll do some um, water entry practice, paddle fast, swim, all that sort of stuff. And set off really well. And then halfway to the marker I'd set, this kind of uh, boy that's, um, I don't know, what, 300, 400 meters off. I thought, oh, I'm puffing and puffing now. I don't have the energy that I'd previously had. Um, if I'd maybe uh, dialed up the carbs for brecky so for me it's all a bit like see how it feels you know if you feel like you want to eat something eat it and if you don't don't but the kind of bit that i'm trying to work on is making sure that those things that i put in uh have a degree of you know real foodness to them if i can say that and so that there's a, as best as possible it's it's the most unprocessed food that i can find but without the carb yeah i sometimes feel wonder whether the energy is is lacking because of that so it's about that experimentation really isn't it and and dealing with uh what works best for you because if you're thriving on whatever diet you're on or diet actually let's change that if you're thriving on whatever your lifestyle choice is then don't change it just thrive <laughs> 
And this is never a lectury, you should be doing this. It's like, hey, if you want to try this, try it. If you don't, don't. But this is what works for me at the moment. And if you want to give it a go, give it a go. Absolutely. And you can feel the energy behind things. I think yeah. with dietary advice, if it um, if it's coming from the right place, yeah, it's uh, it's got a calm energy in yeah. it, uh, or it just see it just it, we can just sense that it's not uh, doctrine. Yeah, and when it isn't, and it is doctrine, it always feels iffy. Yeah, because you've got, and whether it, that's the two extremes of, the, of, of ends of the spectrum of sort of like keto one end. Yeah. And, High carb, low fat, the other, or or, or you've got vegan, vegan carnivore, carnivore yeah. all these different methods. Um, when someone's really, with the words vitriolic about it, and really like not passionate, it's got it's it's passionate that's spilled into actually negativity passion. It's like it's just it's just like you're wrong and you're bad for not doing this. Yeah. Let's say like it's got that vibe in it. Yeah, and what works then, well for Kelly might not work for Stephanie. Totally, you know. So it is this constant experiment. But then the, re the biggest reason why we discuss this in the show is to raise that thought experiment. Uh, and the experiment is, um, how in touch with my body am I? And as you said at the beginning. And that's it. How can I work out how to surf better and longer? This is that's it. the driver. The longevity of your surfing life. Yeah. So I saw something the day. It's an old quote. Something about you want to live for as long as possible, as young as possible, mm. no matter how old you are. So you're arriving at your your grave essentially yeah. in as old as you can but also in as top shape as you can be that's, that you that's don't it. sit out from you, there isn't an inevitability to saying and again we used him a lot in this show the goat but Kelly Slater you know working on swimming Pilates golf all that stuff what does he want to do he wants to get the joy out of surfing I mean he's been competing for over 30 years hasn't he and the fact that his body still holds up to the stuff that he does in the waves I'm like Oh, what an inspiration. Yeah. And then you see the next generation, you see some of the older boys still going out and surfing and especially, you know, places like Hawaii and go, wow, what an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is it's, incredible. It, it's, it's not an inevitable decline reaching whatever age milestone. Yeah, it's true. If you want to do something about it. It's so true. Interestingly, with that, with longevity, I think it's small wave surfing. Yeah. That's harder. Mm. Um, yeah, possibly, yeah. I, I do, I truly think it is. I think that if once you've got your your breath holds down and your paddling fitness. Because paddling, if you look at studies on longevity, endurance um, and cardiovascular output, output can actually keep uh, exceeding its previous year in athletes if they keep training into their 40s, 50s. So there are some cyclists, you know, that get really up their peak yeah. way later in life, yeah. for example, in that sense. Strength is different. Strength numbers tend to peak at uh, mid-30s, yeah. early 30s, sometimes 20s and decline unless you obviously keep it going which you can keep improving strength numbers as well but it's interesting with that because then you think well someone like um you know for example led hamilton would have an incredible yes, engine yeah great endurance levels and good strength yeah he could go out in in big surf because yeah. he's got a good breath hold he's got good endurance his paddling he's got good knowledge and, and can stay calm or whatever so but then interestingly it's when you've then got this older body, which has like mm. a niggling knee, tight back, you know, all these little old injuries. Yeah. That pick, they're the things that really then hamper someone's small wave surfing. Because mm. it's small wave surfing in waves that are sort of anything like two, three, four, five feet. Not even, no, six is getting punchy and, and different. You have to surf the wave yourself. Yeah. You have to twist your knees, twist your ankles, move your body, get the board. And, th and that is where you do see people doing more sup, 
more longboard, more of that kind of surfing in small waves. Because you're not when you're groveling as an older surfer, yeah, it can be quite a good test in the joints for sure. Because it's really you're having to sort of engineer your own uh, thing out of it. But yeah, no, it's interesting because you know, I, I think that like, you know, there'll be surfers listening to this in their 40s, 50s, going 60s, thinking, well, look, actually, if you're looking at surf trips, don't discount the big stuff because once you've got breath hold down and the paddle bit, you do just stand up and it goes. I mean... It's all downhill. The, the <laughs> exactly. But the wave just takes you. Yeah. So it's just a case of stand there yeah. and just enjoy the ride, you know. It's not... When you surf larger waves, it, it, it's the difficulty in, in the in the doing it. Yeah. It's the paddling around in the mind. Yeah, yeah. It's all that. But, it is. Um, dude, epic. Get in there. Um, surf media. You've got... Stuff. Oh, I've sort of I've given the game away on a couple of things, but there's two things I've watched recently. Obviously, aside from Bondi Rescue, which uh, um, has, a, has a, an obsession and fascination, um, the Make or Break series on Apple TV. If you get a chance to get a free trial or whatever, uh, we recommend these things. Nobody ever gives us a free trial. Everybody else is sponnowed at the moment, you know. Um, so that's really good. Again, an insight into some of the behind the scenes stuff. For whatever you disagree, agree with the WSL and all of the sort of corporate stuff that goes with it. To, into the minds of some of the world's best surfers I, I, I thought that was fascinating and it's shot beautifully and you get a sensation of the travel and the waves and the pl places and the people and the good weather and the bad times and the sharks and all that stuff it's amazing and then uh, actually one of our pals all put this out didn't he Ollie the other day about Kelly Slater's um, new thing with WSL that's on YouTube so I watched that uh, about his um, journey through later life and it's, it's really good because once again you see beyond the uh, almost, I know it's still a media image because he's agreed to this thing coming out, but it just gives you a little glimpse into the human rather than the machine that is Kelly. So, so I really enjoyed that. So Yeah, that's good. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. What about I, yourself? I, Anything? Surf-wise, very, very little. A lot of golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of page. The mindful golfer. We talked about that before. Yeah, you're in. I, I am I am in. Paige, we, we, I've got a date with Paige tonight. Um, but not much else. Um, it's, it, I don't really... It's, it's one of those ones where I, I would watch that, what you recommend. It sounds really good. I really like, with surf stuff, things like documentaries and longer clips. Yes. The, the days of watching a clip for surf, yep. I actually... I just don't do. Yep. Not because, not because I have a, have a disliking for it, yeah. but a, nor do I have a liking for it either. Real, I'm a bit abject about you it. You want bit just full neutral. story. I like a story and a bit of wording, a bit yep. of just conversation. Like if someone's had a wipeout, right, then yep. clip straight to the bloke yes. or girl yep. and say, you know, what was it like? And they're talking about this. You know, Nathan Florence has a wicked uh, few videos on on his wipeout. He's, he's got this um, video he sometimes does, which is just on yep. uh, the wipeout. Yeah. He discusses it. Yeah. He goes through it because he yep. obviously serves big waves. Um, and that's really, I love listening it's to that. And learning, that's real yeah. interesting. It's good learning. Because stories are what really, really pull us in. Um, well, there's one actually, if you get a chance, because obviously I've mentioned the make or break and that's a really good thing and Kelly's good. Uh, Coco Ho has also done something, um, I think for Stab Magazine maybe, where it's, a, seen it's about her surfing journey, you know, because yeah. you know, her father and her uncle were, you know, uh, Derek and Mike Ho, super surf, you know, Hawaiian legends. And Mason, her brother, is a sort of phenomenal, one of my favourite surfers. But Coco too, I, I, her style and her elegance and her bravery on the waves and her sort of just joy that she seems to bring to it is brilliant. And you get an insight into her in this series as well, again on YouTube, so it's all free free access. It's epic. 
Check it out, guys. Check it out. Nice Thanks to be back. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Nice to be back. Sure, we'll be back again. Let's do it again. All right. See you soon. Cheers, Bye. guys.